What's up, Braves Nation? This is the Ethos Braves Podcast. I'm your host, John McKay, and I've got the full crew. It's Jeremy and Kyle. Guys, what's up? How you doing, what's Doug? Up? Jeremy? Good. How are you guys? What? We're doing, we're doing pretty good. Um, the Braves are pretty good. They're, they're, you know, they've lost two games in a row, but then they got two games back. So, you know, they're, they're what, um, nine and two in their last 11? If I'm doing math right. Yeah, I, I, you know me, John. I'm not very good at math. So, <laughs> sounds good. That's what the Phillies are, too. I believe they are 9-2 and two in their last 11. So, oh, they're still um, way back, though. Yeah, it, they are. I agree. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's good to good to get the two wins yesterday. And, um, you know, we got this Rocky series coming up. And then it's the Phillies. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, good to, good to get the wins. And, um um, yeah, I know we can't win them all, but, you know, win the series. That's what we've talked about all year, and that's what we've done the majority of the time. Correct. Um, I guess the the impressive thing is the Mets series, a sweep of the Mets, and not even the sweep, but how the Braves won the series. Like, they come back every game. That's the M.O. this year and last year and the last five years, it feels like. This team's never out of it until uh, the clock strikes midnight, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they play to the final out. It was really impressive what they did to the Mets. But if you take it back, uh, John and Jeremy, just a little bit. So that Oakland A series, we lost the first two games of the series, then we won the third, and then we come up and, and uh, blow the Diamondbacks, first game of the Diamondbacks game uh, series. If you remember uh, last year, before the team went on their their torrid run, they had a similar thing where they were they went to Arizona. They got kind of embarrassed a little bit, kind of knocked on their heels, and uh, and there was a team meeting that was reported on. Uh, Snicker had a team meeting, talked to the group, saying that we we know we can do better, et cetera, et cetera. The rest is history. They come back from ten back and and at least win another uh, division uh, division pennant. All right, that was number five in a row, I yep. believe. Mm-hmm. Now let's fast forward. This Oakland Athletic Series, they lose two out of three. They lose the first one in the Dimeback Series. Snicker holds another team meeting in Arizona where where the where it was done last year. The Braves then rip off from there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row. So they take the final two in Arizona. Remember, that was Eddie Rosario, mm-hmm. Grand Slam. Yep. Then yeah. it's the three comebacks against the Mets. Then it's the first two against the Nats, and then they drop the, you know, the last one of the Nats, and they lose. They blow the Detroit Series before winning the last two. Yesterday, but I mean, you see a lot of similarities between what happened, the places, and I don't know if it was meant to do it on purpose or these West Coast trips kind of trip the Braves up a little bit, um, you know, especially when they're traveling different time zones. But listen, guys, you're right. We're on fire right now and heading into this Rocky series. You hope to win that before a really big test against who I think is our only and uh, main competition in the NL East. Speaking of Oakland, did they're not as bad as we thought they beat tampa bay and then they had twenty-seven thousand people show up that was um i think that that was um reverse protest i think is what yes. they they reverse had boycott yeah reverse boycott that's it they um of course uh you know vegas has approved at least the legislature has approved their stadium deal uh and so it looks like you know obviously they're headed there anyway so mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah reverse and they won what seven in a row, I think. Yes. Is what they yeah. they oh, won, yeah. they lost. I think so. They lost uh, Wednesday. So, but they had won seven in a row. So, um, yeah. Um, 
some talent there, I think. But, uh, you know, again, they're not going to probably go anywhere. They're in a pretty uh, good, tough division as well. So uh, There's a really but, talented catcher there. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. heard that statement before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've got some talent, but I, I, my fear is that that talent is going to be somebody else's talent <laughs> come come trade deadline, maybe. Maybe. So, and the Braves have picked up a couple of those talented guys. So, mm-hmm. did, um, did you guys see? Sorry to interrupt you, Jeremy. Speaking of no. talent, and I wouldn't even consider this like high level talent, but we picked up another ex Oakland A yesterday. Oh, I didn't see this. Did, uh, Jeremy, did you I, see this? I did. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Jesus Aguilar, ex-Marlin, oh. he uh, yeah. played, started with the Athletics earlier this season, I think maybe last year too, signed a minor yeah. league contract for depth with the Braves. So, Anthopolis do, doing what Anthopolis does. Okay, yeah. I thought that was a spoof on Twitter. Like a, uh, what are those, what are those called? The fake accounts that are like yeah. funny yeah. takes, I don't know. Yeah, like the, a parody account. Yeah. yeah, parody account. I thought that yeah. was a parody account. Um, tweeting something that wasn't true out or whatever, and I guess that is that was true. I didn't I didn't take that to consideration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, again, he has been able to, uh, much like John Churros used to do back in the day, he's been able to find those diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, uh, you know, look at Arcia. You know, we were all in the beginning, all up in arms. You know, we wanted Vaughn Grissom to be playing shortstop, and I. I think we're in good shape with our oh, playing shortstop. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Are you talking about may, the uh, leader in the in the clubhouse right now for all star votes at shortstop in the national um, league? Um, yeah, that that could be the guy. Yeah, that 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 yeah, that guy, that guy, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, again, um, you know, trust the process. Did you say? Did you say that earlier? Trust the process. Did we talk mm-hmm. about that, Kyle? You talked about that in the beginning. You know, we trust the process. So. Um, I think the process is working. Uh, I struggle with that at sometimes, you know, the heart kind of gets in the way, but, but I think Arcia has, you know, that's one of those pickups and of course you're going to have him for a couple of years, but uh, you know, even getting back and I hate to say, you know, with the injury that he had yesterday, even getting back Jesse Chavez, you know, picking him back up last year, you know, and, and then all of a sudden he was one of those guys they talked about, he deserves an all-star spot. Uh, yes. And, of course, he had the ball hit off his leg uh, on Wednesday. So, hopefully, it's all negative. But he deserves – you know, that's one of those uh, little deals there, too, as well. So, uh, just Anthopolis working the magic. Um, I did hear x-rays were negative, but they're going to do more tests when they get him back to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So, who – I mean, that's a guy that has, uh, you know, proven himself. And even though he looks to be about 60 – um, you know, he's still, he's still throwing it up there. So that's, we, we need him back. Um, I, I remember hearing a story, um, when AJ Smith-Shelver got to it, got to Oakland, he went straight to the bullpen and the, yep. and sat and heard he sit next to Jesse Chavez. Yeah. Learn a lot. Yeah. 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 You can learn Yeah. Definitely learn a lot from him. So. Um, you know, that's a, that's a guy you might want to keep around for a little bit longer after, you know, after he gets done playing, too. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Kind of reminds me of the Darren O'Day type. The I feel like he could be, you know, a pitching coach or some sort of coach in the organization, yeah. minor league coach or just, yeah. you know, 
Like yeah. Kipper's around the program, you gotta. I feel like you gotta have him around the program. Yeah, absolutely. The Braves yeah. do a really nice job of that too. You know, you see it all the time. Bring yeah. back the bring back the guys who have success, whether it's on a full time basis, part time basis. You know, they're always there, hanging around in spring training. So I think the same for Jesse. I'd like to see him coaching at Rome, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's because they're here. Um, let's see. What do you think of the uh, Pete Alonzo dust-up, quote-unquote? His little... Um, the drama behind that? What, I... Are you talking about what he said or what happened uh, the day at, the night after? <laughs> well, okay. Do you, I, I don't think what he said led to the hit batsman because Charlie no, did it. No, I don't think so. No. And Charlie, Charlie apologized him, too. He, he, one got away with him early in the game, first inning. I... Definitely don't think that was intentional. And he went and saw him after the game. But, you know, it's, they, here, here's what I think, right? What do, you, what do you say? Throw it again right to Bryce Elder after he hit one 500 million feet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure he would like to take that back. Just, I mean, just talk, talk about being tone deaf about where you are in the hierarchy of not just baseball, but more specifically the NL East. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, big mistake on his end. You woke up a sleeping giant. They yeah, got beat up. They got beat up. They got embarrassed, and uh, hey, but hey, they beat the Yankees one time last night. So hey, like, they have that. So congratulations, hey. to Pete Alonso and that team. Hey, hey, let's go back to last year too. You know, I thought the series that they came in uh, to Atlanta, one of those first few series, Atlanta looked like they were at a funeral, and the Mets looked like they were fired up. Uh, you know, and and I think that kind of turned things around for the for the Braves. Well, I think Pete Alonso saying that and then seeing that. Um, what he said, I, I think they, they got fired up about it. But, but did you hear – I like Pete Alonso, by the way. I think he's a great player. Um, did you hear his press conference? After he got hit, he said, um, you know, uh, Charlie – and he called him Chucky, I think is what he called him. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of funny. He said, hey, you know, Charlie – I mean, Chucky came up to me, came up after, came over to the clubhouse after the game. He apologized, and certainly it was not intentional. You know, the situation didn't call for that, and – and so I, I thought that was good gamemanship there on, on Charlie's part of going over, um, you know, ease some of those tensions a little bit at least. But but there, he's not throwing at him. Why you want to no. put – we have enough trouble. You know, we walk, guys. Uh, we have enough trouble, and they score in any way to begin with. We don't need to put anybody on base, uh, intentional or unintentional, whatever. Right. Um, well, you mentioned the pitching struggles. Um Strider, elder, struggling? Question? Yeah, it's um, it. So I mean, all right. Let's 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 take a look at this from like a really high level perspective, right? The Braves right now are sitting. Well, let let's rewind even more. If I told you that going into this right now at this time, that we would have three combined starts between Freed and and Kyle Wright, or, or three good starts behind, between them, and have. Spencer Strider and pretty much the entire rotation aside from Elder have ERAs over four, including their closer Iglesias who missed time. Would you think our record was forty-two and twenty-six? No, no, I, I wouldn't either. So, uh, so that's the good news. What worries me about this is Strider. Uh, I think eventually, like the rest of the pitching will figure itself out, especially as you know we get these guys back from the injured list. But Strider's velocity is down. His spin rate is down. You saw it yesterday that his he's relying a lot on the changeup, which he threw like one percent of the time last year, and now this yep. year, 
uh, it's gotten progressively more uh, relied upon. So I am, I'm, I'm like, if you're ranking at one to 10, 10 being my most worried, I think I'm at like a six or seven with him just because now it's been like three, four starts where he's getting lit up by pretty much yeah. everyone, including the Detroit Tigers. So I don't know what's going on. I hope it's not an injury, but you know, that remains to be seen. Hey, what did you, I don't know if you, I, I was listening to various sources over the course of these last few, few days, not only the TV, but the radio. Um, one of them said that he was working on his mechanics. Um, uh-huh. And so uh, he had been working on his mechanics the last couple of weeks trying to, I, I guess they found some kind of flaw or something. Uh, so, um, you know, to me, what, to me, Spencer Strider, my problem with Spencer Strider is this, he throws too many pitches. Um, you know, we're, we're going up there, we get him 0-2, and then we, we try to finesse it and get him out, um, you know, some other way. Uh, and, you know, just go up there and throw strikes, you know. And, and, and Detroit was hitting the ball, I get that. Bryce Elder, um, you know, I, I think that happens to everybody. Uh, I, it looked like he was throwing beach balls up there. And you know what? That happens. It looked like his pitches were good. He just missed some spots, and they hit the ball. So, I mean, that, that happens. I'm not as much worried about him, but I'm like Kyle. I'm a little worried about, about Strider, but I think if I had a, a meeting with Spencer Strider, I'd just tell him, you know what, you got a guy 0-2. Why don't you throw another fastball if he's not swinging that great? Let's, let's get the guy out. So, anyway, I, I think it'll work itself out. But if you were to tell us that we were, uh, what, we're number one pitching and number two, and that the bullpens, um, the bull, like we're number we're one, two pitching-wise, and mm-hmm. starting pitching in bullpen, if you'd have told me that without Max Fried and Kyle Wright, I'd have probably, um, you know, and, and our record, I probably would have laughed at you. So. Yeah, I, I would have too. Um, yeah. You mentioned the struggle in Detroit uh, for El, uh, Strider, but, you know, one of those home runs was Miguel Cabrera. 508 on the <laughs> first, first of the season, but he's he's one of those Hall of Fame hitters. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's a good guy. Um, yeah. longevity. Yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry, Jeremy. I was just gonna say yep. longevity wise he's awesome and, and it seems like him and Ronald have like a real like mentor mentee relationship, so that's uh, pretty cool to see. I think I saw that during uh uh Kirby Yates' warm ups yesterday. He came over and talked to him. Yeah, I I like uh, Miguel Cabrera. Good play. it's funny they tell the story of um, this is another one I can't remember. I think I heard this on on uh, the radio side of, of things. But uh, Mike Illich, who who's owned the Detroit Tigers for a long time, the guy that is, does Little Caesars, uh, when when it was um, time for uh, you know for Marlins to get rid of Miguel Cabrera, uh, I think it's Dave Dombrowski maybe been at Detroit at that time. He he called and inquired and, and really couldn't do anything because his budget did not allow him to go after Miguel Cabrera. Well, Mike Illich called and said, what do you think about this guy, Miguel Cabrera? I think he's a pretty good player. And, and the GM says, um, no, I, I don't, you know, it's not within my budget. And Mike Illich tells him, you don't worry about the budget. If you want Miguel Cabrera, go get him. And so, um, and, and so it's a pretty neat little story. And, of course, he's been in Detroit for a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, first ballot Hall of Famer, if he doesn't get on there, you know, like with 100% of the votes, then I'm not sure what we're doing. But, uh, you know, has his number retired, all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, you know, if you, you look back at a career, what a fantastic career Miguel Cabrera's had. Yeah, sure has. 
I um, on a personal note uh, that Reese Olson, who pitched for the Tigers, he is from Georgia. He's a he's a, a Gainesville uh, product out of North Hall High School. He's they're the Green and Black Trojans. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Decent yeah. baseball program at North Hall. Um, yeah. They're more known for their cross country and wrestling, but yeah, de- decent baseball program. Um, let's see. So the Braves went two out of three against the Tigers, um, two out of three against the Nationals, and the big thing is they swept the Mets. Um, I think the are the Marlins still four games back. I think it's four and a half yesterday because we picked up. Yeah. A, they won yesterday, but we picked up a half game on them. Okay, the letter sweep. Yeah. yeah, um, the Phillies are. Eight nine back, and the Mets are about the same nine ten back. Yeah, yeah. Phillies are sitting at five hundred thirty four and thirty four eight back. The Mets thirty two and thirty six. They're ten back. Oof. Um. So, you were at the, you know the the uh, the second game of that series, but uh, the game I want to talk about is the third game. I mean, we could talk about every one of them, but I think we might run out of time. <laughs> but um, wow! I mean, you're down six to three, and then eight to five, and then nine to five, and then ten six, ten seven, and you come back and win it in ten innings. Um, I was like, we've already said. The Braves have a no quit, no never dies mentality, and that was obvious that night. Yeah, so uh, that was probably the game of the year, I, I would say. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know where you caught this game, but if you watched it on the broadcast, the television broadcast, they had an, yeah. they did a pretty cool thing where they had they had a different kind of booth. So it was Chipper, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, and uh, Frank Core. And yeah. they, none of them are play-by-play guys, right, uh, at all. So it was just a lot of commentary and joking around. It was a really good time. And the vibes were just really high in the broadcast booth. And it kind of was the perfect storm of, you know, what Atlanta Braves baseball was in the past, the present, and the future based mm-hmm. on what was on the field. So it was pretty cool Pretty cool synergy to see that. So, yeah, yeah awesome had, game. Good, it was great. Yeah. Had got a lot of good laughs. They showed a lot of um, – you know, old, what I grew up with, I guess, uh, with those guys. Uh, you know, John Smoke's probably having the most experience of any of them since he does the uh, Fox games. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, great analyst, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, they all had fun. I think they all got to have a home run call. Uh, so, uh, they they had fun with it. But, uh, but yeah, that was a fun booth. They, they've been pitching that for the last few weeks. And I hope they get a chance to do it again. Uh, uh, I don't know if they told all the stories. I don't know if they told all the stories or not, but uh, they were telling a lot of good stories, had a good time, and hey, if we win thirteen to ten every time they're in the booth, you know, I'll, mm. we'll take it. Who had the best home run call? It was the um, last one, I think. They all all of them yeah. did it at the end, and it yeah. was uh, it was hilarious, and and it yeah, was see, just an awesome moment. And but all of them seemed surprised every time somebody hit a homer that they had to make that call. You know, so um, it, it, it was just, I don't know, it was just fun. Uh, you know, again, uh, they, they had a good time, and it was a good time for all the, you know, uh, you know Braves fans out there to, to watch. But uh, against the Mets, you know, that's always uh, always a good thing as well. 
So should we name the the episode "Poor Larry a Crown" or "Stretch" or what? Should we... I think "Poor Larry a Crown" is is a hilarious, uh, hilarious title. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, 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 there were so many like highlights from that that I just died. And then Chipper's yeah. like, "It's far, it's yeah. long, it's, it's yeah. gone." Yeah, somebody did, um, you know. Um, Hawk Harrelson's, you know, you can put it on the board, but they used to do with the Chicago mm-hmm. White Sox, you know, mm-hmm. one of them did that one, and yeah, you know, it was just a fun time. I love watching all the highlights of the show and making fun of themselves, actually, kind of what they were doing, and uh, of course, you had more with uh, Chipper and, and Glavin and Smoltz than you did with Frenchie, but, uh, but uh, you know, they had a good time. It was fun. It's fun to it. win. Fun to see them oh, get yeah. that kind of a win. Yeah. You know, but I, I love the broadcast. I, I actually watch, listen to it on radio because I don't get TV down here. Um, Valley doesn't come, you know, on our t- TV package. So it's blacked out. Well, I don't even think so. We have Dish, and we don't get Valley on Dish. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you couldn't watch it anyway, probably. <laughs> no, but I've, I've seen the highlights on Twitter and TikTok, and yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah. but. The TV guy side now this week or the for the Tiger series got uh, Peter Moreland and yep. Ben Ingram. What'd you guys think of that? Yeah, um, well, you know Ben Ingram's a radio guy. Sometimes it's hard sticking to radio guy, and I, I know this for a fact because I've done both sides of it. Sometimes it's hard sticking to radio guy in a TV booth. Uh, really? So I like Ben Ingram though. I thought he was great. I thought I I thought it was it was um, it was a good time, but. Sometimes it's hard because you want to tell everything that's going on because you're talking like you are on radio. Uh, so uh, you don't, you didn't have to do that because people can see it. So, uh, but they, you know, they, it, they, it was still they good. Can? They can. Uh, well, except you, John, uh, <laughs> you're out. But um, <laughs> but anyway, everybody can see it. You know, I think what we also uh, haven't mentioned much about yet is the resurgence of uh, Michael Harris. Yes. Uh, and how much, uh, you know, and that was one of those I think we all thought we trust the process on. It's okay. He's playing defense. But, boy, oh, boy, these last two series, um, I mean, Detroit's probably happy he left. Yeah. Uh, you know, because at one point he was six or seven or seven or eight or something, you know, in, the, in that, I believe, the first game of the doubleheader. He's, he's uh, you know, two singles, a homer, a double, a stolen base. And, and he was all over the place getting some big hits. So, He's certainly, um, you know, all of a sudden uh, shown a resurgence. Hey, I think he had a uh, pep talk with Marcelo Zuna, and that got him going. <laughs> well, yeah, he's back. He's back. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago I was on here and I was saying that uh, Mike is due for extreme positive regression just based on all the underlying numbers. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's coming up in spades, I'd say, and uh, – I was fortunate enough to be there that second game in the Mets series where he hit the game-winning home run late, and that was electric, and he's electric. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just like Ozuna, like John just alluded to, Ozuna told him, you're the best center fielder in baseball, and, and you got to play like it. And ever since then, he yeah. has played like it. It's been awesome to 80, see. 80 points on his average or somewhere in that neighborhood, I believe. He's over yeah. back over 200, around that 235, maybe somewhere in there, I think. So. Uh, you know, he had been hitting about 150. Only he could go was up. I get that. But, um, you know, we're starting to see the Michael Harris of last year uh, hitting the ball the other way. Although he hit one in, 
in Detroit, uh, what should have been trying to hit the ball the other way, he pulled it. I don't know how he did it, but he pulled it and had some pop on it and went through the, you know, went through the infield. I'm like, how in the world did you do that? You know, you should have popped it up or something, but he, uh, he got a hit. And I said, when things go good, those kind of things happen. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I want to pose this question to you. I know we talked about it probably like two weeks ago. I was talking about, I went on a rant talking about the lineup construction and how I thought when Mike gets going (laughs) that he should bat second against right-handers and Ozzy should bat second against left-handers from the right side, and then yeah. we should move Olsen down, right? So we yeah. fast forward now. Mike's hot. He's back. Ozzy is just a world beater now from the left side of the plate, from the right side of the plate. He's, yeah. I, I would love to see him make the All-Star game again. But uh, Olsen, 18 home runs, 45 RBIs. Those numbers look good. His OPS is yeah. mid-8. I think it's like mid-800. What is it? It's like mid yeah. 800. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah. 830, right? So 830 OPS. But his average is down to 228. He's striking out a ton still. And so I pose this question to you. Why not? Why not try it, especially with Austin Riley? Keep him in the third spot. Why not just bat Olsen fourth with more runners on base and have these guys that can fly around on the base pass ahead of him? I think that there's another level this offense can get, which is really, really scary. Um, I'm always a big believer in, and and I think Snickers done this quite a bit. You know, you see Ozzy when he starts to struggle, he gets moved down the lineup. Maybe Rosario, maybe Ozuna, maybe some you know guys like that. Austin Riley, maybe third, fourth, or fifth, maybe someone there. I, I'm a big believer in move those guys down a little bit, give them a little, take some of the pressure off of them, uh, more or less, to where they get back to hitting, and then boom, they get right back there. But I, I think you're right. Um, you know, Ozzy's batted second before. Uh, at times, um, I, I think you're right, and, and I think that it just adds a different element. And I think you got to get Olsen back to where he's comfortable uh, because he's uh, striking out a lot. You know, yes, he's a doubles machine. Yes, he can end homers, but, boy, that average is as low as, as it's ever been. And we don't expect him to be hitting 290 or 300, but, boy, he had a hot spring and came out hot too as well, but it has certainly cooled off. Uh, and I, I think getting him maybe out of that two-hole because Ronald – you know, at times Ronald can cause you to be distracted because getting on base, whether he's going to steal or something like that. But And those two guys have been a great one-two punch. But, you know, you need Olsen hitting, you know, 250, 260 and not striking out as much. Yeah, and also, like, to, just to piggyback off you, Jeremy, like last year, remember, they did it. Uh, they, the first, like, three months of the year, they had Olsen batting second. They moved him down. They moved Dansby up to second in the order. And that's when yeah. the offense really took off yeah. because – that put Olsen's not naturally going to bat like he, he's not a number two hitter. He doesn't make enough contact. Right. Let yeah. him have even more men on base. Let him drive in 130 this year. Right. So yeah. I yeah. think that let's, let's play around a little bit. I mean, especially if Mike's going to hit this way, especially if Ozzy's going to hit this way and you can actually then you can literally just move everyone down a spot. You can keep Austin at third. You can bat Olsen fourth and then, then you can put do your catcher tandem, whatever they want to do there. You can have Murphy, yeah. Darno. Ozuna, like the Rosario, like the the list goes on and on. And then you can still bat Arcia in the ninth spot, and you can have yeah. that guy who's going to flip the lineup yep. over, hitting three. Yep. What's he hitting? Three thirty right now. So I want to yeah. see him try to do it. Uh, anyone have Snickers number for me to call? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when they went out to Oakland, maybe having a lineup change because they had gotten in so late and uh, we didn't play well that first game. So. You know, managers get stuck with lineups. So yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Let's, um, you know, uh, let's um, let's call Snicker right now. <laughs> I will say I like Ozzy second, but I'm a 
huge proponent of leaving uh, Harris in the nine spot. I really, I've I've liked that since it started. Um, that's that's my own uh, theory, though. Which is it's fair. It's completely fair, and and he, the numbers support that one hundred percent. My thing is, is that if you're looking at it from like how line of construction is in twenty twenty three, you want your best hitters to get as many at bats as possible. Right, and if yeah. it, it, and arguably when Mike's on, I mean he's he's one of the best hitters in the game. He's he's proven it. So that that would be my my counter. But I think either way, it's it's kind of like uh, the rich getting richer, right? Like whatever that they decide, it's going to work out. But I just think that this offense can hit another level if they just move everyone down a, a round. And I'm I you know Ozuna being the DH, even if he's batting eight, it still gives you a lot of pop at the oh. bottom of the lineup. Uh, and Arcia batting ninth, it still gives you a a whale of a bottom of the lineup that's probably better than than anybody else's uh, in the league right now. I mean, that's what makes that bottom of the lineup so dangerous with Harris there. I don't think you lose anything with Arcia because he's able to get on base uh, just about as as better than anybody else, uh, whether he hits it or whether he walks or whatever. So, uh, I mean, even if you slid Ozuna down, uh, you know, it's still – Boy, it's still a potent lineup in there, uh, whether Harris is batting ninth or whether he's batting second or Ozzy's batting, you know, seventh or whether he's batting second, whatever. It's still a pretty good potent lineup at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so, any uh, any further stuff on this topic or should we move on to a new, a new subject? No, I, think I think, yeah, I think we're, we hit we hit it. Um, so I was thinking, you know, we usually try to pick a player of the week or a pitcher of the week. It's kind of hard because there's a multitude of people who had a great week this week hitting. I I think if you, if you were to give anybody, I, I think you have to turn around to Michael Harris. Yep. Um, I, I, I think there's just, um, you know, we've been waiting, although his defense has been stellar and, and as, you know, Ozuna, Ozuna told him he's the best center fielder in the league. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I was at the Philly series, and you watch Brandon Marsh go back on a home run and try to catch it over the wall, and he hits the wall. Well, you watch – and he doesn't catch it, by the way. You watch Michael Harris go back. He hits the wall. He catches it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the best center fielder in the league also turning out to be the guy that's getting ready to, to explode even more hitting-wise. Uh, so, I, I think that's – if you were going to look at one player – in particular for this week of games, I, I think Michael Harris is where you point the finger. There we go. Um, Kyle, you agree? I agree 100%. Um, all right. Who had the best pitching performance this week? <laughs> oh, you know, A.J. Smith-Shaver came in there and, and uh, you know, he, he got to open up and, and uh, pitched pretty good, uh, you know. A lot of looking for a lot of good things coming up. I believe um, he's going to get a, a start, but five and a third with uh, two strikeouts, um, you know, not not bad there. So, um, you know, <laughs> Charlie Morton's getting pitching. Problem is, he's just not getting wins. Yeah. So, um, you know, you could look at that, but well, I, I you know. I don't. I don't know who to look at in that regard because uh, you know it's a good thing we're able to score runs. Let's put it that way. Yes. 
I I'm gonna have to give it to Colin McHugh for yesterday. Yeah, he's he was really good. Three innings. He, yeah. He nine usually out, is nine, pretty nine. good. Yeah, he usually is pretty good. Um, you know, he's a guy that you know, I think we concentrate too heavily at the end of the year on looking at how many innings these guys throw. The problem is it's not innings, it's pitches that they throw. Right. Uh, you know, you can go out and throw three innings and throw nine pitches. Um, you know, I thought Mentor probably should have come back into the game. Um, was it that last? Was it the last game? Maybe the uh, the second game of the doubleheader on Wednesday. I thought Mentor should have come back in. He'd only thrown like twelve pitches, and he was throwing the ball really well. Right. Uh, so um, Colin McHugh's one of those guys, and Jesse Chavez at times has been that guy too. He could go in there, and you know, he might throw nine pitches in three innings. Right. Uh, you know, and get and get the job done. But McHugh is. Uh, I think no doubt. If if I had a guy that I was going to call first out of the bullpen, that's Colin McHugh's probably that guy. Um, yeah, he's definitely the most reliable one at this moment. And, and and oh, by the way, Jimenez is throwing the ball pretty good too. Yes, I've noticed that. Um, you know, I thought he did a great job yesterday too, and uh, it looked like um, you know they they didn't get many touches off of Jimenez yesterday, and it looked like he's throwing the ball better, and that could be huge too because. Anderson's struggling a little bit right now. Uh, so, but if Jimenez can come in and fill that spot, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. So, I saw something interesting last week. Um, the Braves, the Rome Braves, threw a combined no-hitter 18 years to the day that they threw another one. Oh, wow. I thought that was awesome. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It was. Unheard of. Daniel Martinez and I'm blanking on the second guy's name. I'm sure the minor league people who follow us on Twitter are screaming at me right now. <laughs> but um, I just thought it was cool. Like to the day um, from 2005, um, that was in the early days of the Rome Braves, the 2005 season, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was 2003. Sorry. I was close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the Braves start a four-game series with the Rockies coming up tonight, uh, as we're speaking, Thursday morning. Um, AJ Smith-Shelver and Kyle Freeland. So, Jeremy, you mentioned Shelver earlier. What do you think of his stuff? Um, you know, only seeing him for a brief period of time. Um, I think it's pretty good. I, I, I've always said that one game does not make you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see what we can get in game in game two, uh, game three, game four, game five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think certainly deserves a place. He's run through the minors pretty quickly. Uh, uh, but again, um, one game doesn't make you. Let's see what we do tonight against the Rockies. I got you. Um. I know Kyle Freeland's a left-hander. What do you know about him? He's a left-hander. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Lefties are quirky. We lost. Um, we lost uh, Kyle again. I think oh. we're having issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Are do you know who the rotation is for the rest of the weekend? Um, well, if it's if it plays out like it has been, at least to my knowledge, I don't know the Rockies, but if it plays out like the Braves have had it, uh, Smith-Shaver would be 
uh, Thursday, I think Schuster would be Friday, uh, then we go back to Elder and then Morton, if I, if I read the tea leaves correctly. So, and then uh, Strider would open up that series against the Phillies. Um, I know they were talking about that um, uh, yesterday with Dylan Dodd coming up and, and pitching uh, how that um, Smith Shaver might get a chance to pitch against the Phillies. Um, and so uh, that could be interesting to see how he does there. But, uh, you know, eventually going to have to pitch against these guys. And, and look, it's going to be a tough series against the Rockies. They're pretty good. They're not bad. Uh, you know, they, they got guys that can hit. So it'll be a, it'll be a good test for uh, Smith Shaver to see how he does against the Rockies. Yeah, I, I, the Rockies, they are the last place in the West, but that is a really tough division with, you know, Yeah, Arizona. you look at the, you look at that West, it's, it's filled, you know, the Padres, the Dodgers, they're going to be at the top, then the Giants are going to be right there in the middle, and then the Rockies, and the Rockies have unfortunately been kind of that uh, team that has been stuck on the bottom for the last several years, and, um, but uh, you never know, um, um, you know, you can find your way pretty quickly and get yourself to the top. So um, who knows, you know, <laughs> is Charlie Blackman still their everyday center fielder? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. I feel like he's been around so, forever. He has been around forever. Been a, been a, um, yeah, been a, been a long time. So, uh, and um, you know, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty good at his job. So um We'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully they continue, um, you know they they continue going in the right direction, um, yes. and hopefully they continue with the hitting. I think uh, pitching, you know, look, you're going to go through the doldrums of of ups and downs in pitching. I think the worst is getting Spencer Strider back uh, in tune, and 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 look, this is really the first rough patch that he's had. Uh, and he's talking about working on mechanics. Sometimes mm-hmm. the mechanics, you know, can can cause you to pitch up uh, instead of down. And, and, again, if I could tell Spencer Strider, if I could give him some wisdom, I would tell him to call Greg Maddox one. But I would tell him, look, I know that you like the strikeout. I get that. I understand that. And you're the leader in the strikeout. But if you're going to strike a guy out, do it on three pitches. Right. Um, don't do it on eight. Or don't right. do it on – don't do it on – don't go 3-2 and have to throw another pitch to strike the guy out. And I think that's where we have struggled. You know, in a pitcher's world, you know, you get them 0-2, now you want to waste the pitch by throwing it high or bouncing it up there, something to where maybe they swing at it. Right. Uh, well, why? You know, um, you know, burn the guy with a fastball and, and get him out. And, and Detroit just hit the ball. They can hit the ball. Detroit can hit the ball. You know, the wind was kind of blowing to left field. Uh, you know, uh, and they, they made note of that on many occasions. And so uh, get to another place and, and, a, and an inch here or there, and all of a sudden Spencer Strider's back to what he is. But I need Strider going six, maybe seven innings, and it's going to start with him throwing a whole lot less pitches than what he's been doing now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Need, I need him to look like that. I, I need him to look like the Phillies game he pitched, okay, yes. where he's – you know, that fourth, fifth, and sixth inning. In that third inning, you didn't think he was going to go, but five innings, 
and all of a sudden, in the fourth, he strikes out the side. In the fifth, he strikes out two. And even in the sixth, he strikes out two. And he goes six innings. That's what I need out of Spencer Strider. I don't have to have you striking out 4,000 guys a game. But what I need you to realize is stop throwing so many pitches. Right. Um, if we're concerned with that. That is my one main concern with him. Uh, and I, I told you this last year. Even with Ian Anderson, uh, he threw too many pitches, mm-hmm. uh, and of course he's now undergoing undergone Tommy John surgery. So I I just need Spencer Strider to to throw the ball, and you know, and and and, and I think that there may be a little bit of pressure on him as well to have the kind of season that he did last year. Right. Uh, I think there's pressure because Max Fried and Charlie and and uh, Kyle Wright are hurt. Uh, maybe those guys come back and you slide Strider back down, maybe in that fourth hole um, behind, um, you know, Freed Ride and the veteran Charlie Morton. Right. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's the case. But like Michael Harris, um, you know, he get, Ozuna gets in front of him and says, hey, you're the best center fielder out there. Just go keep playing, you know, keep playing like that. Keep chugging along. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, raised his average 80, 90 points, and he's on a roll to where he's hitting like he did, you know, back last year. Well, that's the same with Spencer Strider. It can turn around and happen the same way. But I think as a, uh, you know, you would almost classify him as that veteran guy now, and he's not. Right. He's only been in the league, uh, you know, one year. Year and uh, a half, so, yeah. Yeah, the pressure is, is maybe a little bit too much right now for him. And Charlie Morton knows how to handle that pressure. Max Freed knows how to handle that pressure because they've been there a while. Um, so, uh, you, you know, right now we could get, you know, those two guys back. I, I think, you know, we'll, uh, you know, move Strider back down. I think it'll be okay. And Bryce Elder, you know, hey, it's an anomaly. You know, like I said, I thought he was throwing beach balls up there to the Detroit Tigers hitters. That happens. You ask every pitcher out there, they will tell you, that it looked like I was throwing softballs or beach balls up there. They were hitting mm-hmm. the ball. you got to move on. So, um, you know, get him back. In order. Hey, look, managers do this all the time. Look at Iglesias. He threw 30 pitches yesterday in the game, in that um, first game of the doubleheader. And, right. the, and the game before, he had given up, you know, given up the home runs and, and given up the lead where we lost. Um, right. And honestly, we should have never lost that game. Uh, we should have been going to the 11th inning because we should be able to push home a run, by the way. And if um, we make one play in that, uh, that, that butt or whatever that was mishandled, we make that play, we get inning, to be honest. Right. They don't even score a run. So, um, you know, managers are going to stick Iglesias, guys like Iglesias back out there because they don't want them thinking about what happened the game before. Okay. Right. They want them out there out there pitching. Well, it's the same way the starter, unfortunately, he's got to wait four days, you know, to get back out there. So, um, you know, Strider's a guy, I think, that forgets about things and moves on. And, and um, you know, that's – and Bryce Elder has pitched probably the best of any pitcher out there, uh, yes. to be honest with you. Uh, so, um, you know, just know – hey, know, too, if you're Spencer Strider, he's got the – I believe he is the uh, – he's got the most run support of any, any pitcher, seven. Okay, so yeah. if you know you're Spencer Strider and you're going to get seven runs a game, throw the ball up there. Don't worry, yeah. about, don't worry about finessing it. 
throw the ball up there and keep guys off base. I think that's the other problem. When, you know, we start talking about run, a solo homer is much better than a two to three or four run homer. Okay? Right, uh, right. So keep the guys off base. Give up the solo homer. I'd rather give up four solo homers and we beat them seven to four. You know, uh, as long as you keep the guys off base and that's your responsibility not to walk anybody. And a lot of times when it comes to Strider, um, his walks normally turn into runs for the other team. And that's what mm. you got to stop, too. Sorry, that was a long thing. Lead-off walks will kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if I'm Strider, you establish that fastball uh, big time, establish the fastball, and then go with the slider. I know you're working on the changeup, but guess what? You know, 1% of the time is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, work on it, and maybe that becomes your third pitch next year. So, on a lot, oh, uh, on another note, did your heart kind of drop when you saw Jesse Chavez get hit in the uh, shin yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I was listening to the Detroit guys, and I guess this is where I myself, as a radio guy, because I was listening to the Detroit radio yesterday uh, afternoon as I was driving around. I had to go uh, later in the day. I had to go uh, back to the to the to our park, so I actually turned my phone on and listened to the. Braves radio guys, uh, but when I heard Chavez get hurt, I was listening to the Detroit guys, and and um, you know they were concerned with him. They they had said what a career he's had, and and, and even um, you know they said you know maybe look at him as an all star or whatever. So, um, but I also know that as a radio guy, uh, those guys yesterday bothered me because there were times when. Um, a pitch or two would go by and they wouldn't say anything. And then finally they'd come back, oh, oh, two. Uh, or where it was hit, I struggled with listening and hearing where it was hit. Um, and I'm like, okay, guys, we've got to get better than this because, you know, it hit a homer and and um, all of a sudden it'd be like, you know, two minutes later, oh, he hit a home run, you know. So, uh, oh, but they were concerned. Yeah, they were concerned. And those guys are veterans too. They've been doing Detroit baseball for a long time. Um so, but but they were concerned too, and I'm glad X-rays were negative because I believe Jesse Chavez is one of those guys that we're going to rely on very heavily come you know the end of the year, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's uh, let's hope let's hope it continues. If he has to take a couple weeks off, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, get a little bit of rest, uh, get it back together, and and then uh, get back out there. Not gonna lie, I had flashbacks to the World Series with Troy Martin. I, I thought with with uh, Chavez, who doesn't look exactly look like he weighs about a hundred pounds wet. Uh, oh, that really? Was, that was my concern with him too, uh, especially with him being that thin, you know, and mm-hmm. especially where they said it hit. Because I was right. relying on the radio guys to tell me uh, what went on as well where it hit. So yeah, I was a little worried that he might have broken his leg uh, and then be out, you know, pot- potentially the rest of the year. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, let's hope that, um, you know, let's, let's hope that, uh, those negative, those stay negative and, and, um, all, you know, lo and behold, um, he can get back. I was looking at, I was looking at, at Dave O'Brien's tweet, uh, about Spencer Strider and, he did grind through five innings yesterday. Probably should have gone six, but that fifth inning, he got a lot of 
Um, it should have, again, it should have been going to six innings. 94 pitches, he allowed seven hits. Three of those hits were home runs, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, he walked two guys and he threw two wild pitches. Um, here's the other thing. Um, Travis Darno catching, um, you know, I love Sean Murphy to death. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe we need to get back to, if we're going to do this, um, maybe Sean Murphy needs to start catching Spencer Strider. Um just to have that presence behind the plate of a gold glover, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe to ease Spencer a little bit more. Um, Darno's a great hitter, but not a great defensive catcher, okay? And maybe <laughs> calls and calling the game might be a little bit different, and you move Darno to somebody else. Uh, maybe move Darno to Charlie Morton, a little more of a veteran uh, who, can, who can handle things a little bit better. Everybody has – you know, used to say, well, this pitcher, certain pitcher had a certain catcher. Well, in this instance, we got two good catchers. One of them just a gold glover, and the other one is not as much. And I think some of the wild pitches yesterday, and especially with one of those leading to a run, might have not happened if Sean Murphy's behind the plate. So, right. Anyway, sorry. Just my uh, opinion. I, I, I agree with you. I, mean, I like that idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and yesterday Strider's fastball was down, um, you know, 96.6, where it had been at 97, season average of 97. Right. Uh, so, you know, again, those are the ones you worry about and whether or not is something wrong. Um, right. You know, but if it's his mechanics that they already talked about that he's working on, well, yep, that can cause you to have those little instances where your fastball is not as fast and lively as it should be. And that's just something that, you know, you work on in the bullpen with the, uh, you know, with Kranich and you go back and you watch film. I think that is the key. You go back and you watch all of your starts. So that has happened before. Uh, get a side-by-side view. Where are you at this year? Where were you at last year? So, um, you know, those kind of things all of a sudden turn the season around. Right. I, I agree. Um, Jeremy, that's about all I got for the show. You got anything else to add before we get out of here? I am. I'm good. I'm glad we're uh, glad we're doing it, and uh, let's go out and get a series win against the Rockies, and and then um, have fun against the Phillies. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> as always, guys, you can reach us on social media. I'm at F3 Motley Crew. The show is at Ethos Braves. Um, Kyle is his Twitter. Whoever he is. Yeah, I can't remember his Twitter. I'm sorry, guys. Um, me and Jeremy are both on Facebook. Um, John Robert McKay. And I'm Jeremy Bell. Um, and you can listen to the podcast and follow in along at <clears throat> any listening platform you prefer. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud. I'm not sure, but some of those. Um, all of those. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And as always, go Braves. Go Braves.